lighting up in here? <laughs> maybe, maybe the lighting flashes on auto somehow. <laughs> okay. Well, it's like one percent brighter outside. <laughs> yeah, afraid. <clears throat> here we go. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Big Freaking Health Coach Podcast. I'm Big Freaking Neil, and I'm joined, as always, by my buddy, my business partner, my brain twin, Health Coach Kane. The three Bs. I love the it. three Bs. <laughs> Big Freaking Neil. With B cubed. <laughs> exactly. Oh, uh, what's going on, man? You know, things are going well. I'm really yeah. excited for our, our new taste test segment. I am too. Why don't you tell everybody what that's all about? So... We've noticed that every week when we get together to record these episodes, we mm. end up bringing some form of caffeinated beverage. It's a requirement. Uh, most often an energy drink, mm-hmm. which we will give you the disclaimer, we don't recommend you getting into the energy energy drink game, um, just because there are better sources of caffeine and most folks don't need that much of it. For sure. However, as you'll find with most trainers, we end up needing a little bit of energy support yes. almost always. Yeah. So we have started... To pick a caffeinated beverage for each other to try on this show. Yes. It's really easy to get stuck in a rut with all your favorite brands. Mm-hmm. I know that you and I will tend to go for the bang or the rain, those typical sort of fitnessy mm-hmm. marketed yeah. energy drinks. Uh, so we're branching out a little bit. Oh, yeah. We're getting creative with it. Uh yeah, I'm. My goal has been to find you energy drinks that uh, you've probably haven't tried before, or just mm-hmm. sort of weird flavors, or just brands I haven't heard of. Yeah, for sure. So I definitely skipped all the usuals like yes. Monster. I even skipped over Spike today. Nice. So I was like, we've had plenty of Spike. Yeah, and uh, grabbed you something that I'd never heard of, let alone tried before. Nice. That's what I got for you too. I love it. So what am I drinking, man? This is What's called my fuel? Quake. There were a few different flavors, and okay. just in case it sucked, I got you one that I knew you would like. You like orange-flavored oh, things. I love so orange I got drink. You orange Fusion, which nice. I hope is still orange. Nice. Um, but we're going to give that guy a try. I it love the name. Like a, a pretty typical pre-workout style deal. It's got yeah. creatine, branched-chain aminos, some Sweet. electrolytes, but also 250 milligrams of, pro- of uh, caffeine. Protein. <laughs> caffeine. <laughs> That'd be quite a protein shake. Holy God. <laughs> 250 grams of protein. <laughs> and done for the day. And yeah. All right, man. Nice. So um, it does have a whopping 10 calories to it. So I'm super sorry. So you're sabotaging my, my fat loss goals is what you're telling me. Yeah. Which we will dig into in a minute. Yes, I'm sure. We will. As soon oh. as you tell me what what brilliant concoction hey buddy, I'm I, going to be subjected to. I have in to. store for you a nice vanilla flavored, which is weird. Oh, how mild and lovely. Weird for an energy drink. Usually it's like fruity flavors. Yeah. Like, uh, like something orange intense or edge to it. Yeah. But this is a, you know, nice, nice, easy vanilla. Uh, it's highball energy. Beautiful. Which I have never tried. It's a very clean looking can. Too. It is. It is very clean. I really like know? design for these cans. I like that. It says it's sparkling water. Yeah. Energy water. <laughs> energy water. Should we crack these bad boys open? Oh, hell yeah, we should. Right into the mic. Oh, oh it has a crisp crack to it. <laughs> this sparkling energy water is just really blowing away all my expectations so far. So I'm thinking zero, uh, well, I guess zero, zero through five with decimal points rating system. Absolutely. Smells like orange drink. 
Mine does not have a scent. Okay. Now my sinuses are garbage, so you should probably smell that. And right. just... I get a I get a hint of vanilla. Just a hint. A very very subtle hint. Okay. Yeah. If I pretty much stick my nose in it, <laughs> I get that vanilla. My my sense of smell is not awesome though. Mine's not great either. Definitely getting a Fanta vibe from this, so I'm excited. As I spill it all over my beard. Slick. Drinking it like a power lifter. That's right. Like one step away from <laughs> shotgunning it. <laughs> you know it. This is good. It's like, um, you know LaCroix? I do. So this is like vanilla LaCroix. Okay. It's really smooth. It's got bubbles, and I love okay. bubbles. Nice. I'll give it a solid four out of five. Okay. I think it's great. All right. Nice, man. I would it's, say. It's kind of nice to not have a really strong flavor to it. Mm-hmm. Especially energy drinks tend to have that such a strong sweet flavor that it tastes uh, like chemicals, like rocket fuel, <laughs> rocket fuel <laughs> to the moon. Right. Uh, this is this is not bad. Uh, it is definitely a stone's throw away from orange soda, which mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of. Mm-hmm. It's it's not quite there, but it's close. Actually reminds me a lot of the orange spikes, which we're both a big fan of. Oh hell yeah, we are. So I'm not mad at it, man. I would probably give it based on flavor alone. I'm gonna go four point two. Ooh. I feel like it's Ooh. I would I would buy it again. All right. For sure. Or Way have you go or have you buy it for <laughs> me again? <laughs> you buy it for me again. <laughs> I don't think we did that Quake one yet. You should probably <laughs> I've been looking forward to trying that. You know, I'm most likely to forget that one since it's our first. So, I'm liking it. I'm liking it. So speaking of the whopping 10 calories that you're shoving down my throat. Yeah. uh, I have a little bit of an announcement to make regarding my fitness. I've decided that I'm not doing a, uh, sorry, powerlifting meet for the rest of the year. Wow. Really? The reason being uh, big freaking Neil's getting shredded, dude. Oh, yeah. Big it's freaking on. Neil is training wheels are coming off. We're getting shredded, dude. I've only been shredded for real once, and that was for my bodybuilding show. Mm-hmm. And do you think you want to get that lean again? I want to get at least 10%. Yeah. Where I ended up when I stepped on stage was more like 7 Mm-hmm. Maybe eight. I could have been a little bit leaner, but it was single digits for sure. Yeah. Well, and that's like, so for context, like if you do, that's for real. Yeah. That's like a DEXA scan 7%, not like a basic skin fold pinch right. or like the bioelectrical impedance deal Yeah, where you can get down to 7% if you There's try. There's <laughs> not even enough uh, to pinch to mm-hmm. to get a accurate caliper reading at that point. Yeah. Like calipers probably would have said I was three (laughs) or four or something ridiculous so it's not like the the fat between your organs and things of that nature that that's where all that seven percent was yeah so that's lean it was lean i i felt like garbage but i think a big part of it was i didn't quite give myself a long enough prep time total Mm -hmm. i think i gave myself 16 weeks but really i probably needed at least 20 i mean i was too 8285 when I started and yeah. I stepped on stage at like 215 so God, it was so much weight to lose it that quickly. was so much weight and it ended up being the last four weeks were just like 
just like a crunch, like Doing trying to work out all day. Yeah. Trying to make up for lost time in the weeks prior. And it all just sort of snowballed into me feeling like I was dying yeah. for those last few weeks, which is why you don't endorse that method for Absolutely your clients. Absolutely not. <laughs> or for myself ever or again. Oh my gosh. My friends or loved ones. <laughs> even my enemies. <laughs> yeah. Never again. I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish it on anyone, but this time around, I'm just going to take my time. I'm going to see how lean I can actually get. So when I set out on the whole bodybuilding thing, mm-hmm. part of it was I wanted to be the leanest and strongest I could be. Huh. But because I had to basically, you know, go through that crash course there at the end, um, it was just so fast that I couldn't hold on to my strength. It took a huge dip in those last four weeks. But if I really take my time with it, I want to see just how much strength I can maintain or even build mm-hmm. while getting as shredded as I possibly can without lifting like a child. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see, man. I'm excited. It's a it's a different goal. It's also much more conducive to like, let's say gyms get shut down again. I can mm-hmm. keep going full steam ahead with this goal. Yeah. Whereas if I hop on a powerlifting program right now, And I get four weeks into it and then the gym shut down again. It's like, cool, I'm going to have to start back at square one whenever this this reopens. This last month may as well have not happened. It didn't build meaningfully towards something. Exactly. So I want something that I can just tackle full throttle no matter what. And yeah, man, we'll see what happens. That's actually a really good approach. I might join you on that one. Dude. Because I do think that. The gyms are probably going to shut down again mm-hmm. soon, just the way the numbers are going. Yeah. And now that you bring that up, I think that's a really, really good point is to start setting a goal now that you can still maintain progress on. Yeah. Since we don't know which way things are going to go. Right. So very so good thinking. With that in mind, our topic today is fat loss in general. The um, process. What is the ideal optimization process for fat loss? Yes. So what are we what are we starting with, man? Let's dive in. We have a nice hierarchy for these things, yeah. and they are in order of importance in support of that goal. Right. Um, thing number one is nutrition. Hundred mm-hmm. percent, it's nutrition. You need to be in a calorie deficit. And whenever we talk about nutrition and energy balance and things like that, we're not doctors. We are assuming healthy function for all of your organs and like your liver, your kidneys. We're assuming like non-diabetic and and things of that nature. Right. We're not qualified to give advice on that anyway. Mm -hmm. So we're assuming, yeah, healthy, Healthy, normal function and normal hormone function. Yes. Um, Because those things will change your ability to lose or gain weight Mm -hmm. if they're out of whack and outside of the medically accepted normal range and healthy range. If you do think that's you. Just go see your doctor. Yeah. Get a professional medically licensed opinion. Oh, absolutely. No trainer is able to give you advice on those things, whether they say they can or not. And if your trainer says they can, that's probably a pretty big red flag. Ask to see their medical license. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) For freaking real. Straight up. Agreed. Um, So nutrition. The important thing is to be in a calorie deficit. Now, the question is, how deep of a deficit do you need to be in? Mm Mm-hmm. And does it depend on how aggressive you are with your goal? And I don't, I don't know about you specifically, Neil, you've done contest prep and stuff, which is pretty much shred as quick as you can in some scenarios. Sure. I try to set pretty modest 
weight loss goals because they're the most sustainable. Yes. I agree if with that. you were to dip a bunch of weight really quickly, your body is going to try to regulate back to homeostasis. and You're going to gain some of it back, if not all of it and more. Well, it's just like what I laid out in my personal experience is I went the other way in those last few weeks of my bodybuilding prep mm-hmm. and it, it wasn't sustainable. I felt like garbage. There's no way I could have maintained that conditioning for even four weeks after the show because it was... It, it just sucked getting there that last stretch. So I think you're absolutely right. If the slower and the most and the more consistent, the better yeah. when it comes to those weight loss goals, the, the expectations that I set with clients on those depend a lot on the starting point. Yeah. Um, the more overweight you are, the more you can expect to lose up front and it will slow down as you go. Absolutely. But really anywhere from half a pound to two pounds a week is phenomenal. That's the sweet spot. Yeah. I'm like, so for me, if I was starting from where I am right now and post COVID and being stuck at home, I'm probably 17% body fat right now. I haven't checked. I'm just going eyeballing in the mirror. Sure. But, uh, from there, if I were to lose one pound a week right now of fat, that would be fantastic. Absolutely. And also the less trained you are, the less, the shorter your training history, the faster you can see improvements and things like that. I would also go so far as to say that if I were losing two pounds every single week or more, I'd be really worried about uh, muscle retention. Yeah. Cause there's only so much uh, body fat that your body can lose over the course of one week. Mm-hmm. Now, like you said, this depends a lot on your starting point. So if you have somebody who has, a hundred pounds of of body fat that they're trying to lose those first few weeks, you're going to see some pretty significant changes most of the time. Mm -hmm. But for somebody who is uh, closer to being in shape and they're just trying to lose, shed that last, you know, 15 pounds, Mm -hmm. um, you're not going to lose two pounds a week and you shouldn't be, and you shouldn't, uh, something is, is wrong if you are for sure. So, uh, so in those, in those scenarios, basic rule of thumb is if you want to lose one pound of fat a week, you need a 500 calorie deficit a day because over the course of seven days, that's 3,500 calories, 3,500 calories is how much a pound of fat contains. Right. Um, this is obviously not a perfect system. It's based on everything working phenomenally. So be patient with yourself and not all progress is linear. So some weeks you'll lose two pounds and then you'll stall for a week and you need to be patient over time. But that's how we go about your total calories. Maintenance minus 500 calories a day is my basic starting point for people. So with your clients, I get this question a lot from new clients. Do you give them different calorie numbers based on their day-to-day activity level, like workout days versus rest days? Or, excuse me, do you take the average uh, do you factor in the activity level and just take the average over the course of the week and have them eat the same every day? I do both at different times. Okay. At the beginning, I just do a general, Hey, here's your body weight. If you want to lose weight, women take your body weight times 10 men, take your body weight times 12. Sure. This should be a calorie deficit. And we're just going to track how you do from here. If you overeat one day, Oh, well, maybe we make up for it the rest of the week. Maybe we don't as yeah. they get leaner. And then it's like, okay, we need to be more aggressive and dialed in about this deficit. Mm. I still want you to perform well in your workouts. So we'll do kind of a calorie intake scale. They'll have higher calorie days on their workout days so they can get through the work. Lower calorie days in between. Yeah. Yeah. I, my system is much the same. I think for the vast majority of people, 
for a long time when starting a program are fine just eating the same every day. Mm-hmm. Fat loss doesn't occur, as you know, on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. It just doesn't happen that quickly. It happens over the course of the entire week. And even then, the change in seven days is going to be really modest and minor. Um, so really, if you take the average over the course of the week and subtract 3,500 calories from that, you're going to be, it's going to be very comparable to if you uh, adjusted for calorie burn every single day. Yeah. And uh, it'll that's even a out. really good point for, for the people that I have trained that are higher up in their company and have really chaotic schedules. Yeah. We'll definitely do a weekly one because mm-hmm. they also have like dinners and stuff like that, that they have to go to for things or people that see clients a lot for drinks and stuff like that. Sure. We definitely have to play catch up a couple days after those things. So yeah. it kind of depends on what you're doing. My basic advice for when you're just getting started though, is definitely the shoot for a 500 calorie deficit every day. Agreed. And then try to get 0.75 grams to one gram of protein per pound of your body weight so that you can have a fighting chance at maintaining as much lean mass as possible. Yes. I think the absolute minimum for that is one gram per pound of lean yeah. body weight. Um, but if you just want to cover all your bases, a gram per pound of just total body weight is a, a safe bet. It's a solid rule of thumb. Again, we're assuming you don't have any pre-existing kidney issues. Yeah. Um, but if you don't, if your kidneys are, are functioning normal and you're healthy, then any excess protein that you consume, your body will convert to basically carbohydrates and utilize it as energy so that you... To a point, you can't really get too much. No. No, you can't. Um, I also generally, if we were going to go into other macros, which don't really matter at the onset, honestly, as long as you're under your total calories. Yeah. If people want a macro prescription, for lack of a better term, I tell them just have your complex carbs, like your whole grains and fibrous things, things like that, um, before or after your workout so that you utilize them better. Yeah. And then have as many veggies as you want. No one ever got overweight by eating a boatload of vegetables or fruit. Absolutely. I would say to clarify, I personally don't believe that uh, carbohydrate timing has a big impact on the rate of weight loss nope. or fat loss. However, to your point, you want to maximize the carbohydrates that you're getting to actually help you perform for your workouts. So it comes down to more performance goals and just feeling your best throughout the day. It's also a really easy way to regulate how often you're eating those. Yeah. So like if I can attach it to a different habit, yeah. then when you get to the evening and you're like, man, I'm kind of peckish. Do I want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich right now? It's like, right. ah, it's not pre or post workout. So I shouldn't do that right now. Exactly. You know, that's a great point. Um, yeah. And if you, if you utilize your carbohydrates to actually fuel your workout, then you're going to get more out of your workout than say you eat all your carbohydrates just at the end of the day when you have nothing else to do. Yeah. You're not automatically going to turn those carbohydrates into body fat. That's not how it works. But your workout several hours ago probably wasn't great because you didn't have any fuel for it. Yeah. So. Because those carbs are your your primary fuel source for intentional activity. Yeah. If you're not actively in ketosis, your body wants to use carbs as your primary energy source, especially for high-intensity activity. Yeah. Speaking of, 
The second most important thing for fat loss is exercise. And we're talking about resistance training. Yeah. Resistance training is the way to go. And you should stay on a strength training program yes. while you're trying to lose weight. It is the best way to maintain the lean mass you have and the strength that you have. Yeah. And also create a large caloric demand mm -hmm. over repeated workouts. Yeah. People don't realize that just the resistance training on its own is burning a lot of calories, especially if you're doing full body workouts, yeah. stuff like that. You're the caloric expenditure is super high. And I'll put that into context too. super high for a resistance training workout is like 300 calories. Yeah. 350. Yeah. That's amazing. That's great. Your Fitbit telling you you burned a thousand calories <laughs> is total crap. Absolutely. So like 100%. all those numbers, there's not a workout on earth that you can do in an hour that will burn a thousand calories. Nope. So do not use your activity trackers as an accurate measurement of how many calories you're burning. It simply doesn't know. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. I would say, I, like, I get the appeal of logging your workouts into my fitness pal just to have a place to track what you did, but just ignore those numbers. Yeah. And don't make up for them in your calorie deficit count no. for the day. No. Do not do that. If, if you got a calorie goal from your coach, then your activity level is already factored into that. Mm -hmm. Or if you look up yourself online and calculate your, your total daily energy expenditure, your activity level is already factored in. Yeah. So you don't need to accommodate that every single day. And even then it's an estimate at best, right? There's, there's no way to, to really know. I always tell clients that if you're trying to control your energy balance, your calories in versus calories out with physical activity, you're yeah. fighting a losing battle. Absolutely. It has to be controlled by your intake. Absolutely. Yeah. Ideally, even if something happens to your, your daily routine, like gyms being closed down, like mm -hmm. they just were, then you should still be able to make progress strictly on your caloric intake. Yeah. The deficit should be there anyway. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, that's really well put. I thought I had something to add, but I don't. Yeah. That's I mean, exactly right. That about summarizes that. I mm -hmm. think, uh, the reason why strength training specifically is so important is because it helps immensely. Numerous studies have, have come out that show this. It helps immensely with retaining muscle mass mm -hmm. and making sure that the, the pounds that you're losing on the scale are body fat and not muscle. Yeah. That has, the, has a huge impact on actually retaining your muscle mass as you lose weight. Yeah. So that's priority number one as far as exercise goes. Absolutely. Priority number three overall after mm -hmm. nutrition and resistance training is your rest and recovery Yeah, and focusing mainly on getting adequate sleep. Yeah. Like obviously you have to eat things, but we covered that nutrition. Mm. You need to sleep seven to nine hours a night. If yeah. you are not sleeping enough, you will not be losing weight without getting too far into the weeds on the science of it and the hormones and all of the kind of stuff that happen while you sleep. You will actually burn less fat and use less fat as energy if you sleep poorly or not enough. Yeah. Just like broad strokes, that's kind of how it lays out. So shoot for seven to nine hours, drink lots of water, and take a rest day at least once a week. Yeah. Um, generally, you should be exercising three, four days a week. So in between... You can do recovery activity or nothing. 
Yeah. And, and as long as you're in your deficit, you should be good. I would say at least one day a week, just have a day of nothing or, yeah. or very, very low intensity, just sort of daily activities. Yeah. But you should have one day where you're not really pushing yourself activity wise. Mm-hmm. Just let your body heal up and recover. Uh, we already went pretty in depth on sleep in our first steps episode. But the reason we bring that up again is because even for steps two, three, four, five, six, that's still the number one thing for recovery. It's a it's constant. Just getting enough sleep. It's yeah. your first basic requirement. Exactly. Everything else is built on top of your sleep. Exactly. I mean, I find sleep to make a huge difference in my own performance and just and like you said, my rate of fat loss and my results as well. I haven't talked about this a whole lot, but um, I actually have a mild case of sleep apnea that is anatomical. It's it's the the space behind my tongue is too small basically. So when I sleep and all those muscles in my throat relax, that space will close up. Mm. And so I was, I was just never getting good sleep. And because I was snoring like a madman, my wife talked me into going and actually getting a sleep test done. It was a take home sleep test. And when they diagnosed me with sleep apnea, they gave me a uh, mouth guard that basically pushes your jaw forward um, and it, it opens up that gap. So it makes it to where I can still get airflow. And dude, like the first within the first two weeks, everything felt so much better in the gym. Like we're talking 10% increases on lifts, which does not happen in two weeks. It was especially for someone with a training history as long as yours. Exactly. My God. It felt like I was a beginner again with how fast I was seeing progress. And it was because I think the number that came back was like 60 times a night. I was, losing oxygen and basically getting interrupted sleep. So I was never actually getting like full on REM cycles. And then as soon as I finally was, it was like light bulb just went off. So neat. All is to say sleep is super important for recovery, strength and just results in general. For sure. So it's a big deal. Big deal. And yeah, if you're having trouble sleeping, definitely do like Neil figure out what the cause is. Yeah. Um, which leaves only the last least important piece of the puzzle, which is what most people attack first, ironically. Yep. Uh, cardio. Yes. Cardio is not going to be the deciding factor in how much weight you lose or how quickly you lose it. And I recommend for all of my fat loss clients to do low intensity, steady state cardio. Yeah. The reason for that being... You burn the most calories from fat specifically Mm -hmm. doing lower intensity activities. The higher intensity your cardio gets, sure, you may burn a couple more calories, but you move more into the glycolytic system that uses your carbohydrates and glycogen stores. Right. And then the phosphagen system that uses creatine or creatine phosphate. Yeah. Phosphocreatine. 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 Yeah. This is how long it's been since I cracked that textbook. <laughs> I know, right? Um, but yes, you want to be burning fat predominantly. So if you're going to add extra calories expended through cardio, which again is not going to be the make or break deal, everything else is going to do the bulk of the lifting for you. Right. Do long intensity, steady state. Yeah. Spend 60 minutes at a pretty moderate heart rate, low heart rate. Yeah. Uh, it also works as as recovery that way too. 
Yeah. Generally with cardio, at least in terms of walking or running, uh, you're going to burn, and it's going to vary from person to person, but you're going to burn roughly in the ballpark of 100 calories per mile. So think about that. If you're trying to just undo nutrition blunders with cardio, mm-hmm. it's so easy to eat 500 calories. Yeah. It is not easy to walk or run five miles. No. Like that is not a good trade off. So your nutrition needs to be in place first. Cardio is just icing on the cake. It's great for your heart. It's yeah. great for your health. Good for your health, for sure. Doesn't I mean, need, you should be doing cardio. You should be doing cardio. does not need to be... Uh, a seven day a week ordeal and it should not be the backbone of your fat loss program for sure so ideally if we're putting all these things together Mm. for a fat loss program wrap this thing up and bring it home yeah what you should do is start by calculating your deficit Mm -hmm. make sure you're getting adequate protein you should be Doing resistance training exercise preferably in a total body fashion three days a week yep maybe four you should be sleeping seven to nine hours a night, and you should be doing cardio three days a week for an hour-ish at a low intensity, Yeah, and then taking one rest day. Yep. And that should be your program. 100%. And just like we've said in previous episodes, tackle one thing at a time and build up to the rest. The reason we presented this in the order we did is because... Uh, you should start with nutrition because mm-hmm. that is the thing that is going to drive your fat loss progress. And then once you've got that nailed down, get on a good exercise program and then dial in your recovery and then add, add cardio as, as a last thing. Yeah. But definitely if the, if at step one, if the nutrition is not in place, the rest is useless. Yeah. So definitely focus on them in the order that we just gave them to you. Yeah. If for some reason you just cannot get on board with nutrition as the first habit and you need to do something else first, yeah, that's okay if you've tried it in the order of hierarchy that we gave you, but you have to manage your expectations along with it. For sure. If you want to build a different habit first, just know that the needle's not going to move as much as you want it to right. until the habits are in place up until that one. Right. Agreed. So, it's fine if it means you're doing something versus nothing, but make sure you understand that you're not going to get the speed of results in that half pound to two pounds a week if you're not starting with nutrition, then training, then recovery, then cardio. Absolutely. Yep. Agreed. I think that about wraps it up, buddy. Oh, yeah. I think that's pretty straightforward. That's plenty to chew on. If you all have any questions about that, please don't hesitate to ask either one of us on Instagram or in the comments on this show. Uh, Big Freaking Neil and Health Coach Kane on Instagram. That is it today for the Big Freaking Health Coach podcast. We hope you had something very, very good come out of this that you can use today. Yeah. Um, please like, review, share, do all that good stuff wherever you listen to this podcast. Yes, and please. we will see you next time. See you next time. Yeah.